Hey everyone, welcome to the McNuttiest Dimension. I'm Chris McNutt. I'm glad you could spend some time hanging out in the Consciousness Salon today, a place where we get in a different fractal of perspective. Take a step back from the day-to-day, not that that's not important, our day-to-day life and all the stuff and our story and the things we got ripping around on some level, it's exactly what we're here to do, but every instance, nuance of reality also contains its opposite at the same time, they're both sides of a coin going on at the same time. So we also need to have that perspective where we watch everything take place. We're not just the actor in the play, we're also the audience. Most importantly, we're the audience. Uh, Now, a notion explored in this episode, among other things, is time, because we got... Call them codes, call them downloads, call it new information. There's, It's coming fast and furious out of, God, where is it coming from? It's just out of this dimension, I guess. We lock ourselves into this 3D zone. You know, part of it is we just drop in here. The amnesia wipe, here you are, you're a human being, you don't have a freaking clue where you are, you're just a baby, you start crying, you start Figuring this joint out, hang out with a whole bunch of other humans with this exact same thing happened to them. Nobody really knows what's going on. And now we're starting to get more and more information drop through. The veils are thinned. And one of the messages that is coming through, through channels, through people are getting downloads, people are this understanding, you could say, is just coming online in the human collective that time, time, this next, this is the next frontier that we are going to explore, I think, as a species, is our notion of time. We, we sit in this perspective of linear time right now. Fair enough. This is how we experience this joint. Like you can't convince me or anyone else that's down here doing this that we're not kind of moving from the past to the present and into the future. The illusion is complete, but it's not really like that when we gain perspective from other dimensions. Time is not linear. Past, present, and future exist in the infinite now moment. I know it takes your brain and you go, what are you talking about? Like, because this 3D mind that we have and our 3D ego that we came in here with is very skilled at dealing with the 3D shit. That's what it's It's what it's meant to do. So like, let it rip, let it do its 3D, let it do the grocery list, let it figure out what you're doing on the weekend. But the greater understanding, the deeper knowing, the gnosis, as they say, comes from far within. And as we enter the age of the feminine and we start to shift from this patriarchal age of the masculine, where we were looking externally, where where solutions were and descriptions and science and understanding was all an external exercise, we're now shifting it 
to an internal exercise. And when we go that direction, we start to understand the nature of reality and the nature of time being nonlinear and that we get into a zone somewhere. My own explorations of it is just kind of start. I just kind of like packed my like, like a lunch in my backpack and it's like, I'm going to go explore nonlinear time, whatever the fuck that means. I don't really know, but it's important information. If somebody comes up to you and says something to you or gives you some, you know, something you can trust, you say, yeah, okay. We got to check this out. And we're doing this collectively as a species, this notion of time. So my guest today is Carolyn Barnes, who is, uh, well, if you listen to one of my earlier episodes of last July, I think it was episode number four, perhaps, um, Carolyn told her story, a journey of, you know, she identifies as a first wave starseed volunteer that some way somehow popped into here from some other uh, other dimensional realm and, you know, with the, with the mission to help, uh, human consciousness evolve. And she has had a lifetime of spiritual exploration, healing work, um, working in different modalities from Kundalini yoga to the deer tribe of the American Southwest, uh, Ashayana Dean, she's worked with uh, many teachers, many experiences. And lately, Carolyn has been exploring the realm of time loop quantum therapy for trauma healing to help to have people experience a journey almost back in time to heal former versions of themselves because, as we're saying, time's not necessarily linear. And there's Carolyn, among others, are, are on the frontier of this exploration in healing work. And so let's extend a big McNuttiest welcome to my guest today, Carolyn Barnes. Welcome, Carolyn. So glad you could be here with us today. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Yes, we we tried a few times to do this recording. Technical issues. Uh, Yukon, Canada, connecting with Belize, uh, where you are, um, didn't quite work, but we seem to be okay today. That's good. <laughs> and where exactly are you in Belize? You're sort of on the Guatemala border? I'm right up, yeah, in the on the the western border, eight, uh, eight miles from the Guatemalan border here. Yes. Okay. And how is the January weather treating you? In Belize? Oh, right now it's eighty-seven. Beautiful, clear blue sky, high clouds, lovely. Now, as a bit of a background, you just celebrated your 70th birthday, and congratulations on that. And we did an interview last year where you told your story about um, being, you know, you've, you've grown to identify yourself as a first wave starseed volunteer. Yes, absolutely. 
And so what, you know, in a few quick words or sentences, what does that, what does that mean to you? Um, well, when I first discovered this concept, the idea of volunteers and star seeds, which was quite recently, um, when I heard the volunteer concept, the, you know, all my whole skin, the hairs on my arms stood up because as soon as the person said it to me, I knew that was who I was. And it's so many things just clicked into place about my life and, and, the, and the meaning of my life. Um, it just it made it coherent in a way that it had not been coherent before. And so I jumped into exploring that more deeply. And it was a, it was a, it was a significant shift for me coming into that realization. Um, so, yeah. And you've done a whole lifetime of exploration of you, you, Spent some time in the Moonies. You spent mm-hmm. some time with Ashayana Dean, uh, Native American shamanism, and uh, and lately we met in working with Z Earth Star Healer in a in a year long course, Galactic Shamanism uh, Mentorship. So th- we did a lot of exploration over the past year and on, on on many different things. And did that help to? kind of solidify or bring in these codes or understanding that you have for yourself as, as a starseed? Oh, yes, definitely. Um, Z's teachings, um, some of the most powerful that I've come across in my lifetime, um, the level of clarity uh, it, it, and, and the power that comes through is immense. And I feel very much in alignment with it. And it's been very enlightening in in shedding more light onto the mystery of what my life has been all about. (laughs) What the heck am I doing here? (laughs) It feels like it's finally making sense. Took you. Yes, it is. Yes. (laughs) So then, so then what part of this is really kind of helpful for you? As you say, identifying as a star seed and as i say our previous interview first wave star seed you popped into this realm just after world war ii what some are saying was that first wave of of volunteers from other realms dimensions to say yeah i'm gonna be a human i don't know what the hell's going on down there but they say they need some help yeah definitely that's me um yeah, Z's teachings um, have been so powerful for me. One of the things that she has taught recently, um, actually in the Pleiades Gateway, was um, when she described how he, how we got into this situation on this planet. Um, collectively? Like how we got here? Right. Yes, as the, everybody, not just us starseeds. This big human mess that we got yeah, got this going whole on down situation, here. what it was and and where we are now the conscious the consciousness experiment, and I may be mixing some of Elizabeth Wood's stuff in here, but the consciousness experiment, the free will experiment is winding up now, and um 
because source wanted to experience what not source was. And, and the result of that was that, again, volunteers, and I don't doubt that I was one of them, you know, we jumped in and said, okay, we'll do it. We'll find out what it's like to be without source. <laughs> and that's what we've been going through, you know, this surely on a galactic level, not just on the level of the Earth planet. Um, and just to but, clarify that, the, the concept being, you know, once there was just unified source consciousness and it was great and it was yes. just pure light, love vibration. And then it said, I'm a little bored here. I want to kind of go experiment and check out some other forms of consciousness. And the one way that it created this game for it to play was what happens if I totally forget that I'm connected to source consciousness? And then what type of new experiences Mm. do we have? And some describe our human realm as, as almost the most disconnected that you can possibly be from source consciousness. Like we pop in here, we get this amnesia wipe. We don't know what the hell happened to us before. We don't have any clue what's going on besides our senses and what's going on in our general environment. And it is, yeah, I kind of think of it something like being plopped down on Antarctica. Like we're on some Antarctica (laughs) exploration. Like we just have no clue where we don't even know that there's warm places to be full of trees. We're just kind of all huddled on the ice shelf here in, in human form. Yes, that's a very good description of it. So we reached the point in time um, on a galactic or universal level, I don't know which level, but anyway, um, where Source said to itself, enough is enough. Yeah, because we get separated and we get kind of twisted. We go down the road of violence and abuse and like greed, like everything that we got going on this planet right now, all the horrible, twisted, low consciousness stuff is because we don't, we don't think of ourselves as one unified consciousness. We, we look at, well, yeah, we lost that. We, we lost that a long time ago. As humanity lost that uh, such a long time ago. And um, so Source decided um, that the experiment was finished, that he knew enough, or he, I mean, English language is inadequate. It knew enough about separation, didn't need to know anymore now. (laughs) The experiment needs to be wound up. It's like that point is enough is enough. And out of that thought was birthed the the concept of the the star seeds, almost like the cleanup crew. I think cl- it, I, some, yes. yeah. I think about the people that show up at the end of the party. It's like your parents come home and, <laughs> and you know, and you're just having this raging teenage party and the parents show up and they say, okay, everybody, turn, the turn off, off the music. Pull the plug on the music. <laughs> yeah. And you see, it's, oh, then you see the mess you made. Oh my you God. You see the mess. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But what's happening with the party and what, people the cleanup crew is discovering is the people don't want to start the party 
They don't want to stop. I mean, the, the party does not want to stop. It has such inertia. People have been partying in this way for so long, making this mess. They don't know any different. So there's this extra challenge of being the one to say, hey, party's over. And everyone's like, I think people don't even know there's a party going on. They don't even know kind of that it, it's sort of like that, that there's something to sh change and stop some behavior to go back the other way on. Yeah, that's for a lot of people, that's true. But I think more and more are waking up to the fight because it's like that turning the light on. Um, the light gets bright enough. You can't not see it. And I think that is what is happening. In fact, there was a great explanation of that from, what's her name, Laurie Ladd. And she said, like, we've been on this planet, we've been like these people, we've been in this arena. And the arena is lit up with spotlights. And that's all we see. Well, we haven't seen all the people in the bleachers all around. And now, as the light starts to come up, like the house lights in a the theater, then you begin to see what's on, what's in the bleachers, what's been all around us all the time. And, you know, as the light gets intenser and intenser, it's going to be impossible for anybody to not see it. Everybody will have to see it. <laughs> and um, I think that's a good good analogy of it. Um, because the ones sitting in the bleachers are the manipulators, the ones who are behind the game. Um, you know what I mean? <laughs> there's some manipulators and there's also those that are helping us too. So yes. like there's both yeah. is going on at the same time. They're both out there in the bleachers, but we've been through quite a dark age of humanity, particularly the last five, 10,000 years, where it seems like this deeper knowledge of our expanded uh, belonging and connection to the rest of the galaxy and dimensions and other realms of being has just been kind of like that understanding's been cut off. Yes, definitely. And um, I, and Z was saying actually just last week in the, in the Starseed Mission Support um, that we do not want to fall in, and these are not her exact words, this is my interpretation of it, that we do not want to fall into the the, the um, mindset of, oh, the humans are stupid, they're not waking up, they're not waking up fast enough. That it's because we, you know, that we can wake up now because we have the coding for it. We came in with the coding for it. And, and what we have to understand is that humanity have, have been so abused for so long that it's very difficult for them to wake up. There is a, a lot of healing that is uh, on a lot of levels that we're just sort of realizing, you know, with. Part of the party was fun, but a lot of it was very, very uh, destructive and uh, very, very violent, very abusive, very, there's, there's, there's been, we've been through a lot. Yeah. And I really feel that in myself when I consider that whole thing is like, you know, for me, 
for me as whoever I am, <laughs> this multidimensional being, I have had enough. Like I say enough is enough. I ha- Enough is enough. This has got to finish. This has got to stop. I won't, uh, it's like personally, I will not be a part of continuing this on. I mean, I feel that really down into my bones. Enough is enough. And for people listening that might not be kind of familiar with these concepts, that what you're referring to is the notion that, you know, we we take a lot of this blame that where we say, oh, humans, and we kind of think, oh, we screwed up this world and look at all this yes. pollution yes. and look at all yes. these things. But, but we were led that way, that there have been masters or people who are in control on higher dimensional levels that have kept us in this kind of lower state of consciousness for a long time. So you're speaking to what, what term should we use here? Like some people are calling it the false matrix. There's a kind of control and domination overlords. There's a lot of different terminology that's coming uh, out these days. Lots of people are talking about it. Z's one, Laura Eisenhower. There's lots of people that are, are speaking about uh, these things. Um, yeah, how do you describe it yourself as to this situation that humanity finds itself in and has been in for thousands of years? Right. Uh, well, I think the false matrix is a really good term for it. Um, it pretty much captures it in a nutshell because it's, you know, even going back to the ancient Hindu concept of Maya illusion, um it's similar, you know, there've been various ways of expressing this through time, but I think the false matrix is a really good way of expressing it in this time, especially out of the matrix movies, because everybody kind of gets that. And, um, it, you know, it, 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 it's in tune with like the modern consciousness. So talking about Maya and illusion for most people is probably just crazy, right? doesn't register it doesn't resonate you say something like the false matrix most people can resonate with that on some level yeah or some people can i think that's the the other challenge that it's it's quite the information of it is is difficult for a lot of people to grasp because um, I heard it described in in a in a something I don't know maybe you've come across this little audio clip called the prophecy that's been kind of going around on social media. The teacher it's anonymous, but she sort of describes it like, oh, on some higher dimensional ways, these beings who have been say the the real the overlords, the oppressors of humanity are starting to be rounded up, and it's that starting to be cleaned up on that level. The challenge is telling the humans that there's been something wrong over the past thousands of years. Like they just, we don't believe it. This is all we know. We only know this situation, you know? Uh, So there's this extra challenge, like things like religion to say, Hey, you know, all these people that 
the two billion people on earth that are members of the Catholic Church to say to them, you know what, this is a little distorted and you've been kind of the real understanding of God consciousness, even Jesus's story has been, you know, it's been heavily distorted and you haven't really been told the truth. Those two billion people, like most of them just would just think you're full of shit and they're not even going to consider that concept. Oh yeah, that's hard. That's a tough one. And yeah, <laughs> and there are other X million billion number of people who are Muslims as well. Um, yeah, I, I haven't an answer to that except to keep on doing what I'm doing. So it um, is. It is sort of an interesting challenge to to have some awareness of of these things going on, and then how do you how do you express it to people in language or concepts that. I mean, I guess that's what we're doing here in some way. How can how can this start to disseminate to people? Well, I think one of the steps that needs to be taken um, is the clearing of the trauma that makes it very difficult for people to open their minds to anything new. Um, so now that is the purpose of my new healing modality. <laughs> Time loop therapy, healing in the quantum field, and and healing in the quantum field is everywhere at the moment. Everybody's talking about it. It seems like everywhere I look, this is up. Um, yeah, and, and even think, those that are talking about energy healing, or there's all sorts of healing that could be Reiki, could be acupuncture. That there's an element to it that. It's all yeah. taking place in the quantum field, so to speak. Yes, it all is. Yes, definitely. And um, so, before we before we get into um, you know your practice right now with the time loop therapy, what does that mean to you? Like, if you had to explain it to your neighbor, they said, "Carolyn, what the hell are you talking about? What the hell's the quantum field? <laughs> um, what is a time loop?" <laughs> yeah. Okay, but let's let's start with quantum field. What the hell does that mean? Field is. The, um, you know, I can't give it a scientific, I'm, I, my mind doesn't bend that way. You know, I, it's like, I just, the way my mind works is I just grasp something as in its wholeness and I just know it. Now that makes it very difficult to try to explain it, especially to a person who's still in this linear mindset where everything, you know, one step at a time, it kind of... I find it quite and to go back to, to our previous interview, you've had that experience your whole life where you've just had have, yes. deep knowings and yes. understanding yeah. and you've yeah. worked with guides your whole life. And, yeah. and, and, and so this stuff comes just naturally for you. It, it, it does. So it makes it quite difficult to explain it to a, a linear scientific minded collective, if you like, um, the quantum field is the field where all the energy is and we all come out of it. Um, it's like a huge ocean and uh, it has waves in the sense that, you know, individual consciousness peaks as a wave and then it's, it's absorbed back into the field and, and the field we are in it, it, we are we can't be apart from it even though we have this illusion of separation because of this experiment in consciousness um that is an illusion 
because we are in, it's like a big soup of energy. We're all in it. We can't not be in it. Even, you know, we can't not be in it. It's just everything that is all at once. So time, we in 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 our time matrix, we we experience time as linear, going forward from here to there, and according to that idea, you can't go back in time. That's our general perception down here. Is our third dimension, third density beings? Yeah, we have this linear time perception. And it only goes in one direction. Well, that is an illusion. Yes, many are saying that. That is that <laughs> those codes or understandings are downloads are coming fast and furious these days. Yes, definitely. So what I what this therapy is, which was came to me as a download, um, was based on a personal experience that I... Uh-huh. This is based on kind of quantum understanding. This is what you're calling time loop therapy. Yes. Yeah. And do you want to just explain a bit how it's come to you in the recent months? Because you said right. there was there was quite a shift that took place during the Pleiadian Gateway that was late uh, November. Yes. And yeah. mid, mid-late November... The alignment of the Earth, Sun, and the Pleiades, Pleiades constellation was there. And that's what yes. yeah. some refer to as a Pleiadian gateway. We did a weekend workshop with Z Earthstar where she led us through many uh, journeying and sort of, yeah, we did some consciousness explorations during that time. And she was working with some Pleiadian guides who were bringing through some some magic or codes or understanding or however word you want to use. So what was that like for you during, if you go back there and describe how this has unfolded for you over the past months? Okay. Well, the Z brought certain codes through just prior to that gateway. And I found- And by codes, you mean she, she- um, a code is like um, a diet, like a, a what do they call that? A yantra. Uh, um, but she's taken it to another level where it's not just a static picture. So it's an actual picture. It's a picture of a of a of a mandala, but the mandala moves. It's taken to another level where it it. Because of the technology we have these days, we can do that. So it's not just a static mandala. It's um, It moves, breathes. Right. It. And just uh, to expand that idea a little bit, this is sort of like, it's sort of sacred geometry. It's like a symbol. A lot of people are saying this is what's coming through in crop circles. This is the type of like codes, so to speak, like this holds a lot of energy, holds a lot of information, just these uh, sacred geometric patterns that are 
we have now receptors in our DNA and that sort of thing that's sort of coming online. We're starting to be able to understand this at some some higher levels. So Z's working with some of these codes. There's lots of people out there, light language people are starting to explore and there's a lot of symbols and all we call them codes, general codes coming through yeah. from beyond. Yes, yes. So anyway, one of these codes particularly affected me. Uh, I carried on working with it after we had that weekend. And um, this is, I believe it, it was connected to that code that I received this download. And it came, well, down, downloads come, at least in my experience, they come as a like a an energy packet, like a it's a like you get an, a download or an overhead with computers. You get this piece of something. You have to open it. Yeah, you have to open it and then go through it. Right. So that's a process. The download just comes instantaneously. And as I began to work with that, then then I got this insight about the time loop therapy and it was based on an experience I personally had in my life previously um, quite a number of years I mean a number of decades previously and I hadn't understood it for what it was at the time um, what happened this memory came up now I'm talking like back in my 30s uh, a suppressed memory came up for me of um, a trauma, a traumatic experience. Um, and the result of this, I was about eight years old and I left, I went out of the house and I went into the garden and like got hid in a corner so they couldn't see me from the house. And I was, I was deeply upset. It was not just that particular incident. It was like, the straw that broke the camel's back. It was one more thing on top of so many things. And I was standing in the corner and I could not understand how to deal with it. Like, and it felt energetically as like an implosion in my heart center, which in modern parlance, I guess we would call that my heart broke. And, and, and how, just, how old were you when you had this experience? I was not more than nine, probably eight, eight or nine, somewhere around there. And um, I was standing there not knowing what I could do, like not knowing how can I continue. Now, this came up to me when I was in my 30s. And at that point in time, I don't know how I knew this. It was something I just read that triggered me or what? I have no idea. But I got this idea that I can go back from that as my adult self. I can go back to my traumatized eight-year-old self. And I can... I can just give her some hope or give her a sense that it's okay and basically, it's okay, you do make it. You do make it. It's okay. And 
But that didn't prevent the energetic of that trauma from being frozen in time. Because, you know, when you're traumatized as a child, the child imperative is you must keep growing. You have to keep going. You're growing. You have to keep growing. In order to be able to continue to do that, the trauma it requires in the sense that you you have to you you have to freeze it. Like you break it off. It becomes fragmented. In order for you to continue growing, because you cannot you do not have the capacity at that time to be able to deal with that level of trauma. So it gets frozen in time. That or means as you said, it, it, it fragments and, and it, it breaks and it breaks off it, it and, breaks it, and it off. stays frozen like this frozen chunk. Yes. There it, there so it is. The, the most obvious result of that is that uh, as, as the traumas accumulate, which they inevitably do in this world, you have less and less life force energy available to your life stream. Because there's all these fragments that have been broken off and frozen in time. So, and they don't go away. You have to actually engage them and thaw them out. But as an adult, you can. Because you do, as an adult, you do have the capacity to do that. You have the internal strength. You have the, the knowledge. You have all of the things, the capacity that you need to go back and heal those things. So that they reminded me of that and they told me in this download, yes, you can do this for other people. Not that I do it for them, but I can show them how to do it for themselves. So describe what that initial experience was like though say you were in your 30s and what what happened when you did this time loop and you went back to your 9 year so, 9 year old self and did that healing well i felt it worked but i didn't i didn't extrapolate from it for some reason i don't know why I didn't extrapolate from that. Oh, well, I can find other bits of myself and heal those too. I just didn't. But what was the experience like to do that actual healing? Was it, did you, did you meditate? Did it happen in the dream state? (laughs) No, it just happened. uh, It's like instantaneously in my, in my mind. It was just a, I guess you You just had this click and it's like, I got to go heal that nine-year-old self. And you had the experience of... Whatever that through the time yes. dimensions, those two. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not a seer in the sense that I see visions and things. Not really. It's just I, it's it's energy and it's instantaneous. As I had the thought, I did it. And going back to my. And did you feel after you said it did it? Did it? Did it feel like that? that had thought out, that fragment had been returned, the nine-year-old had been healed of that trauma in some way? I felt very much that, yes. Because going back to the eight-year-old self, I felt a shift then. I remembered feeling a shift then. That after I experienced Ah. that heartbreak, heart implosion, 
I remember feeling something, and I, of course I had no idea what, but I remember thinking, feeling that I can go on. It will be okay. I can go on. It will be okay. That was really, that. that's what happened. And, and I, you know, came out of my corner and carried on. Um, and, you know. So you, uh, you have... It happened on a couple <laughs> levels. You even remember that it had happened in real time as as a nine year old. Yes, that, yes. That that connection, that cross time connection with your thirty year old self. Yeah. You had the experience as the thirty year old, and you remember it as as the nine year old as well. Yeah, yeah. That's how it happened. So um, it seems, looking back now, it seems pretty incredible that I didn't connect the dots then. But I didn't. As you said, to have done that with more of your frozen, traumatized parts, you 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 had that no, epiphany. Yeah, yeah, I just. But didn't, you're saying I even didn't. at that moment, you didn't get a download. You didn't have guidance. Your guides didn't talk to you in your sleep and said, "Hey, you got to go back and heal." It just the idea came to you. You said it happened, felt like instantaneous, and you went, "Wow, great! I just healed that little chunk of nine year old trauma." Yeah. But you you didn't have the idea. I could heal my 11-year-old trauma and my 12-year-old yeah. trauma as well. It didn't connect. It didn't. It just, I, I don't know. You know, it just didn't register with me that I could go back further and deal with the other traumas until now. But in this recent download, you <laughs> yes. said within the Pleiadian Gateway, this is the one that you got and it's been unspooling, yeah. it said... Did it did it direct you or the sense that you could do that with yourself or was it really specific that you could go and help others do the same thing? It was specific that I could create a therapy to help others to do it, yes. And plus then I realizing, well, I better get in there and do my own other trauma stuff that's still there that I never even considered, never even entered my head to do that with. I, I'm not saying I didn't. I've done a lot of shadow work. Believe me, um, you don't. You don't spend ten years in the deer tribe without having a real good look into your shadow. That's whole part of it. But um, there's still there's always still extra pieces somehow that keep showing up. <laughs> oh, I didn't completely fix that one. Um, you know. So it's an ongoing process, but I feel like this the time of therapy as it as it was shown to me, I can give people a very effective tool for them to then continue to use to deal with their trauma and the shadow that was created from the trauma, which still pulls our strings if it's unconscious. Is like, you know, we, we become the puppet as our strings are being pulled by all this unconscious energy and the patterns that are in it. As long as we don't, you know, fish it up out of the bottom of the pond, up into the air and the daylight, where it will just simply dissolve, actually. Um, as long as we let go of it. <laughs> So what has been your experience then of the past months? Um, you say you've been experimenting with this. You've been working with some people and, and doing this, what you're calling 
time loop therapy. We're teaching people to go back to their own younger traumatized selves through kind of quantum field time, whatever time is or understanding of it, but to kind of dispel our notion of 3D linear time and to be able to put that aside and go back. um, Yeah. So what's that, what's that journey been like working with other people? I just put it up on Facebook that I was looking for volunteers for this new therapy and I got so many, um, you know, I had to literally make a schedule with a master list and it became quite complicated. <laughs> so many, you know, and, um, through that, doing that, um, I learned a few things. Um, one is that people need to be taught possibly a little more, um, you see, I tend to, to me, when I say healing, for instance, for me, when I say that word healing, I immediately think of energetic healing. I don't think of my sore foot, of my ingrowing toenail or, you know, but then I realize a lot of people do think that. They think that's what it is, right? Um. It's not going to heal your ingrowing toenail. It's not going to heal your um, your digestive problems. It may do. If they're as, related as in some way to that trauma. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, because those things exist as a byproduct. Well, probably not ingrowing toenails. But, you know, certain illnesses do exist because you never know, Carolyn, ingrown toenails can be the result of all kinds of past life <laughs> crap and trauma. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I shouldn't I shouldn't denigrate ingrowing toenails. Um okay. <laughs> but um that's one big thing I learned. That I need to be very clear and really uh be very give a really concise, clear explanations that we're dealing with energies and energetic healing, and it's a trauma healing. Um, as you then release the energy that's being caught in the shadow and it becomes available as energy in the now, in this moment, to your live stream, it may well result in, in healing some serious illness. I would, I would not be surprised at that at all. Um, but the focus is not that. The focus is I'm not going to sit here and visualize sending healing energy to your, you know, your 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 spleen whatever, you know, or your spleen, your, your liver, your stomach, your, your acid heart. reflux. Yeah. yeah, I'm not. That's not what it's about. That's one thing I realized. Then the other thing I realized is that it does not work if you are not willing to surrender yourself to the process. And most of them were, some were not. So that process being, you're going to go back just this playing with time in a way. Like that's, that's what you're doing. Some people I found so highly defended. They're not willing. You see, I have to take you back. I had to, you know, to, to, it has to be experiential. 
at least that first time. So if they're not willing to open up about their trauma, I cannot create, help them create that time loop because they're just so defended. And I, I found that in, in a couple of cases, um, which felt kind of like a bit of a waste of time because you have to be willing to go with the process. It just won't work. So those are two things that really became clear to me from doing the practices, which I think are quite two quite important things. The people and have to be ready and they have to, they have to accept the nature of, of, of the, the energetic work. Yeah. Um, you know, I can't, to me, it's and something else I had to understand is because to me, healing has always been like that. It's always been about energy and energies are not really about like they're not personal to me it's it's not personal so you tell me some trauma from your child that is not going to it's not personal to me and you know it's not like I'm trying to you know root around in your in your your trauma because I want to know about this that and the other I mean that is just not that and by the time you're 70 years old believe me nothing will surprise you (laughs) (laughs) You know, Your uh, not give a shit index is like gone way up. It's off the charts. I mean, it's just <laughs> nothing will surprise you at that age. Believe I yeah. just, you know, it, this is just all the human reality. There's nothing surprising about it at this point. But you've um, also um, hit on a very good point about ways in which we can heal and help with these healing processes is to be non-personal and to be non-attached with it that we you know there's so many schools of thought you know your classic non-dual uh you know thinkers is about like detachment and detach from the ego and don't identify with our trip so much down here yes there's trauma yes there's pain but if you keep it in the realm of the story that you're telling about it and me this happened to me and you identify with it through that it's easier to release if you think about it, it's like a thorn that's just in your foot it's a stones that are personally yeah if yeah, somebody's going to yeah. take the thorn out of your foot you're not ashamed of the fact that you have a thorn in your foot you see yeah. the the real problem i find i think this is my uh, this is what i think anyway the real reason why people defend to that degree is because of shame yeah I've felt that myself. It's 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 a very hard one to get. It's very hard to get over, and it's just one thing to just say, "Hey, man, don't identify with it." But the reality is, it's there's a lot of deep wounding on that yes, personal level. And, and the the problem is the shame that we the the root of the shame is I blame myself because I wasn't strong enough. I wasn't big enough, I wasn't smart enough, I wasn't brilliant enough, I wasn't whatever, you know, fill in the blank. And and so somehow, some level, we believe really deeply inside us that it was our fault, that we 
experience this form of trauma, victimization, whatever it was, that somehow it's to do with me being not adequate. And that's where the shame comes from. So as far as I can tell, the biggest thing you can do is start forgiving yourself. Because it was not your fault that this six foot, 200 pound person did X, Y, Z to you when you were a little 50 pound kid. That's not your fault. You have to know that very, very clearly. That was not your fault. Because that's where the shame comes from. The shame is because at some level you are thinking that you did it. You, you created the situation or you somehow, you should have been able to stop that from happening when it's totally unrealistic. It's totally unrealistic. So it's a matter of, you, you can't get very far on the spiritual path without self-acceptance. And for self-acceptance, that it means you have to accept the fact that when you were a kid, you were a kid. You're not expected to behave like an adult. You know, that it's a big part of self-acceptance, self-forgiveness. Then you can accept yourself. Then we can talk about self-love. Talking about self-love without you have not forgiven yourself and you haven't been able to accept yourself because you haven't forgiven yourself, then, you know, self-love is just the same as like the Hollywood falling in love idea. This is, it's as unreal as that. It's just, you know, we're in the realm of spiritual bypassing then. What I've noticed in my own journey is just this, this, um, like I describe it as kind of like, um, you know, so the phrase unconditional love or just experiencing like the love, uh, you know, I was with a teacher and uh, who used to describe it, say, are you feeling love? Or are you feeling the love? You know, just this, this other part that is underneath and it is much deeper than this personal love mm -hmm. when we decide to love a somebody or something or you know there's an object of our attachment with this love direction when instead it's just like yeah you know that just yeah. omnidirectional i love i love everything i love my table <laughs> and i love my plants and <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you yeah, know yeah. they feel feeling that and and that that i know from my own journey that didn't come online took a while to cultivate that to work through my own layers of shit and trauma and you know all these sorts of things and or self-identity that had to be released from and all that sort of stuff yes and yeah. that once once you apply that as well to yourself where it's just unconditional love oh whatever whatever happened we we make mistakes this is such a messed up trip to be a human being how could you possibly think that it's somehow to be perfected because it's like <laughs> you can't even really come close. When I was in the mystery school, that's back in the early 1980, no, mid-1980s, um, Elizabeth Clare Proppet said, you know, this is not the realm of perfection. This is not the realm of perfection. Don't expect perfection at this level. It doesn't exist. It's, it's unreal. But yeah, and, and the actually love is... 
impersonal. What we call love, which is personal, is tentacles. <laughs> it's got some electricity to it. There's some yeah. attraction, you know, like we well, feel those butterflies. I, you, those, want, you want the, to return. You know, I, I almost don't want to use that word most of the time because for most people, love means I want you to make me happy. That's or not some love. experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not love. There's conditions you know, I, there. I love you. So that means, you know, you're supposed to, you know, fulfill my every need. Doesn't happen. <laughs> Doesn't happen. <laughs> so, yeah, even recently, another uh, like episode I did with a friend. She's an energy healer, and we we're talking about this form of love and whether it even comes through the heart chakra. Like this personal love is, is might not. She said, as an energy healer, she thinks it comes through the other chakras. It's not even coming through what we yeah, think of as right. the heart. It's like not, that's the realm of the universal love. That's the realm that just is as big as the universe if you yeah. want it to be. Like there, there's no shortage of, of access to love in that zone. Right. True. The yogis, uh, the ones in, in, that I have met in Kundalini Yoga, um, they always say that enlightenment the distance between non-enlightenment and enlightenment is that much which is the distance between the the um third chakra and the fourth chakra the solar plexus chakra and the heart chakra because when you move from the third chakra to the fourth chakra level of consciousness it it's, it's like a sea change that is you're in a totally different level. The three lower chakras are all about, you know, survival, procreation, sex, and power. Once you get beyond that into the heart, then you, you're getting beyond the personal at that point. It's, you know, we're entering the realm of the impersonal, the beyond the personal. Um, yeah, it's just another way of saying it. <laughs> So to do a little loop back into your time loop therapy, <laughs> yeah. what has been the result of working with the people? You said there are some conditions. So those that were accepting of, you know, they're ready to deal with their trauma. They were open to it. They're ready to accept, you know, that they were on board with energetic healing and knew what that was about. What were those experiences like? How how effective was this time loop therapy? Well, I would say that those who were who went along with it and you know were willing to surrender to the process had some quite profound experiences. And did they describe similar experiences as the one that you had, where you went back to your nine year old self and? Was it similar to that experience? Kind of. For some people, yes. For some, not quite so much. I mean, there's as many different experiences as there are individuals. Of course. So, and I, what I found, like, for me, it was like learning how do I, how do I um, figure out, how do I find a way in to how, how it will work for them? 
And um, it was a lot easier, of course, with those who've already done a lot of shadow work and already, you know, and are quite already willing to surrender to the process. Um, now, in, in the process where you're leading people back in time, did you did you operate in any way? Are you operating as a guide, like a time guide? Are you journeying of, yes, back yeah. with them? Yes. Uh, I, I did it more through a body scan as much as anything else. Um, that I think I may develop more into... I'm trying to, I'm really feeling my way into how to make it like what would work best with different people and to be able to be in that, just to be able to f- suss it out in the moment, what would work best for them. So, um, yeah, I'm right. I'm still right at the beginning. So, <laughs> Right. So as this is fresh, are you still looking for people to um, work with and kind of this experimental journey or as maybe it's not even experimental, you know, it works. You're just trying to, well, how would you describe it? You try to just flush out the the nuances and the details and the skills of kind of this modality. I did the number of practices that I set for myself. And right now what I'm trying to do is write a a Facebook page and um, set up a Facebook group, eventually maybe a website, but I'm not going there right away, Um, just to get it going. And, um, yeah, I decided I wasn't – I'm not going to be asking for volunteers just out in the – just like generally because too many people – and it wasn't that many, but certainly I would say too many were just volunteering because it was something they could do for free and not committed to the process at all. And that kind of, to me, that kind of feels like I'm, wa- I'm, I'm wasting my time. And I, I you and every other practitioner that's yeah. out there trying to heal people. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> a it's like a physiotherapist. That, you know, the people don't want to do the exercises that they give them. You know, the, the, yeah. there's, there's, you have to be, because so much of it comes from you. The, I mean, who's doing the healing? You're doing the healing. You know, doctors yeah. don't necessarily heal you. They'll give you some things that, but, you know, the, your body does the healing. Yes. You do your own healing. You work with people who yeah. are guides and helpers. But if yeah. you're not on board with that, then... Yeah, you can point people in the right direction. Well, the old saying, you can take a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. It's it's the same, you know, that is so true. So So that's the game we're in, right? (laughs) Taking them to water. (laughs) I'm not going to force it down your throat. (laughs) So far, you've been, you find that this time loop uh, therapy. That's so what you're calling it has been successful. You're going to continue. And, and, uh, do you think, um, you know, you'll be hanging out your shingle, so to speak out into the world and offering this service to others or yes. is it still too early to tell? No, I'm going to do that. Absolutely. Um, I'm definitely going to do that. I feel like that's what I'm called to do that right now. And, um, 
I won't be charging an arm and a leg. Um, you know, I've always kept my prices reasonable, even doing massage. I personally, I just find it quite. Oh, I can't think of a word that's not going to upset so many people, but I just cannot charge people what I could not afford myself. And I, do, I just does not feel right for me to do that. It just does not. Um, like it's, it's the, the, char- the prices some people charge for this kind of thing is just like outright daylight robbery. And and you know the a lot of times even even my massage, you know I don't charge a lot. And you know a business person would come in and tell me, oh well, you have to start charging more, and you have to start doing this, and you have to start. I don't want to. I like working at this level. I like being available, um, you know, to people who can't afford more than. A few forty, fifty dollars, something like that. I just, it and just doesn't many feel out right there, to Carolyn. me. Hmm? There's many out there. Yeah, I I just yeah. don't feel right about it. And um, but your journey, it seems, as since the moment you popped in, has been <laughs> more about the deeper exploration and and. Uh, you know, sharing that and bringing, helping to anchor some of those vibrations into this mm. place. Yes, I guess it has. Um, you know, I, I, I feel very allergic to this, this mindset that come across in spiritual circles. Well, I'm going to charge a hundred dollars an hour. I'm talking back in the 1990s when a hundred dollars an hour was substantial and everybody does that now. But, you know, well, I'm going to charge $100 an hour because I'm worth it. What? It doesn't compute to me. It's not about whether you're worth it. It's what people can afford. You know, (laughs) it just doesn't compute for me. That's a whole other subject that we're getting yes. into. The, yeah, yeah, right. The, it the, is. the, yeah, the current business behind spirituality, the how uh, some are called to perform their services or not. But it's um I uh I I'm inspired, Carolyn. I, I know others like yourself that do this work, and I know other healers who do a lot of pro bono work or charge those that can afford to pay what they can pay and charge less to others and are free and that sort of thing. And I think that I think it helps to keep the vibration strong all around. Um and I think there's lessons of abundance, as you know, you probably re- realized as well that you know, it's not just about money, though how oh, we live not. an abundant it life. It really isn't. You know? Yeah. I, I, I came across a meme. More. I came across a meme earlier today. I put it on my Facebook page. And it's um if you can um oh how did it go? 
if you can be happy uh, with what's put in front of you and always eat the food in your dish and you can run around all day without taking a drink or a pill and you don't get envious when your neighbors go to some, you know, exotic location and you're not jealous of, of the the car that the other neighbor has, something like that. I've, I'm, I'm making it up right now, but it was along those lines. And right at the end, he says, you must be a dog. <laughs> if you can do all this you must be a dog <laughs> that was um what's his name that meditation teacher cornfield jack cornfield oh jack yeah. cornfield i didn't yeah. know he was such a comic i didn't either <laughs> <laughs> Well, good for Jack. Yeah. Good, good reminders. Yes. And, and, you know, that I think what's coming online and this is the next phase where we're all going is just back to what we were talking about at the beginning, how, how source separated, how there's been this experiment where that we are separate, we, we have this perception that we're separate. So I have mine, you have yours. We look at others as other not as one mm, and that mm-hmm. you know the consciousness that we're moving to as we look at each other is all as one so if yeah. our neighbor goes on a vacation and i don't well somebody's going on a vacation unified source consciousness is going on vacation <laughs> that's all that really matters yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> some part of it is having totally. that enjoyable experience and maybe we just have to yeah we got to think about the parts of source consciousness that aren't having such pleasant experiences and trauma and healing that needs to kind of happen so we can all this whole thing this whole unified everythingness can can be moving forward absolutely absolutely yeah. So on behalf of one side of unified source consciousness to another, Carolyn, thanks for all <laughs> the work that you're doing and in, in uh-huh. helping with the healing and helping to release people from trauma and you know all the work you've done and, and continue to do. It's it's um it's it's heartwarming to know that you're out there and and wish you all the best with this new world of quantum time loop therapy. <laughs> right. You know what? It certainly sounds like you could charge a lot of money for that. You know, that uh, certainly sounds like it's 300 <laughs> bucks an hour. <laughs> I won't be charging quantum that. time loop I, I can, therapy. I guarantee you, you're not going to, I'm not going to charge that. <laughs> Anyways, it's always lovely to talk to you, Carolyn. You got a wealth of information and we'll do it again uh, sometime okay. soon. We'll, yeah, we'll, sure. we'll check in. Yeah, it's lovely. Yes. Thank you very much. And, and again, a reminder for those of you who, who want to know uh, more about Carolyn's whole backstory, a previous episode of McNuttiest Dimension from last July, Carolyn told her whole story as, as a first wave starseed uh, volunteer. So yes, we'll, we'll have you on again because um, always uh, an enlightened guest. Oh, it's always a pleasure. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're, you're welcome, Carolyn. Enjoy your January Belize afternoon. Balmy weather at 87 degrees Fahrenheit <laughs> in January. Okay. <laughs> 
Thank you. There's a star seed waiting in my car. He's texting all his friends to meet him at the bar. There's a star seed riding on her bike. For a hundred bucks, you'll clear your past life trauma if you like. Ah, Thanks, everyone, for spending some time in the Consciousness Salon today exploring. Maybe it was some new stuff. Maybe it was like, oh, man, time loop, quantum therapy. Damn, I've been doing that stuff forever. Why are you guys getting on this stuff? Exactly. That's what our higher dimensional friends are telling us as they're making contact with us and expanding our views of reality and the galaxy and the notion of what it means to be human. So special thank you again to Carolyn Barnes for uh, joining us today and all the wonderful work that she has done in her lifetime and has been able to share. If you have any questions about this, I don't know, drop me a note. Some of this stuff is, you know, again, the mind's like, oh my God, what the hell's this going on? Just, uh, yeah, I'd be happy to help explain this further. Uh, McNuttiest is all you need to know. McNuttiest on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, email would be yo, that's why, oh, yo, at McNuttiest.com. Uh, website is McNuttiest.com. Duh. Yeah, you connected those dots already. Um, on behalf of myself and my snoring dog in the background, um, wishing you all the best in the oncoming portal season of 2022. February is about to go to two. 2022 and then there's going to be 222 2022 parades are being planned in the new age spiritual community for these powerful quote-unquote portals that are coming through may they bring you expanded understanding joy and bliss in your heart big love to you all out there thanks for checking out the mcnutty's dimension i'm chris mcnutt and we'll catch you next time Oh, 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 oh,